one of the things that I know that I'm learning in this particular season is when it comes to business is to remove the emotion and think strategically. Like strategically, where is it that I want to be? And strategically, what's the reality of how I'm going to get there? And I think something that really changed my perspective, like along with Courtney, is um, one of my friends, he works like um, for the city, like the city government. And he told me, like, oh, we were looking for a branding agency, particularly in Michigan. And he was like, you know, all the services that you that you offer for branding and marketing, he was like, we had a $30,000, like, project. And I was like, you had a $30,000 project. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Seated with Strangers. This season, we're exploring the topic of unsubscribing from pop culture and social norms. My name is Courtney, and I'm seated with Keisha and Tracy. On today's episode, we'll be talking about imposter syndrome and business relationships. So, ladies, is imposter syndrome real, and how do you handle it? It's, well, I can say for me, it's definitely real. I don't know about y'all, but I definitely um, have dealt with imposter syndrome, for real. Um, so, yeah. I think I, uh-huh. yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, it is definitely real. Um, I don't think it's as um, bad as sometimes people make it out to be. I think the more the um, the doubting part of it is real, not that so much that you're um, that you don't belong, but just that you doubt yourself, you doubt your confidence and your abilities to compete. Um, but yeah. I never really feel like you shouldn't be here or this is not your lane. It's more that it's more can I rise to the level of performance that everybody else um, or people that people expect, I think. Yeah, when I think about imposter syndrome, for me, it's, it's like feelings of self-doubt um, and personal incompetences when it comes to what you're doing so it's like despite your education your experiences your accomplishment i'm almost feeling like am i qualified to do this thing that's in front of me when all the credentials say that you are qualified so you know uh, finding ways to counter those feelings um as you're in the moment and sometimes we do it in a bad way where it's like oh let's work harder work harder work harder do more do more produce more produce more but it's really just a validation in the moment that, oh, I am that girl. Like, I, I am her. Like, I don't have to convince myself that I'm that person. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I mean, me personally, like I said, like, I've definitely, like, have dealt with imposter syndrome. And, like, I had to get to that point. Like, I would question, am I qualified? Like, all the gifts, the talents, like, as a producer, as a writer, anything, like, I and I was honestly just, delaying my own success because of fear Mm -hmm. and so like other people saw those gifts and talents in me and they were like you like you bomb like you're doing this you're doing that but I didn't see it for myself and so I was literally just like walking in fear fear and doubt like literally like every step of the way and so like I had to honestly get to a point where I had to ask myself like am I going to am I going to allow my excuses to like define my own destiny or I'm going to own up to what I know I'm qualified to do, what God has already called me to do, and really walk in it, and confidently walk in it. So. Yeah, confidence, confidence. Yeah. Um, so do women's experiences, like, in the workplace lead to doubting ourselves for something that we are qualified for? Courtney kind of just hit on that a little bit. 
What about you, Tracy? I think so, because I think that there are so many um, competitive people, and I will say that I think I'm older than y'all, and I think that <laughs> what I've understood um, the workplace to be is people posturing. Like, that's what I really dislike, everybody kind of um, performing, um, and, like, I'm in the quietly quitting buzzword of my um, stage in one of my positions, not in all of them, but in one of the sectors of my life, I've kind of like just resigned myself to doing the minimum, which is not a good or bad thing, because I really like the people that I'm tasked with working for, um, but the people that I have to work with, those are the people that I feel, you know, are just posturing in order just to get, you know, either the raise or the, the boss's eye, like, that's what I really dislike about, um, you know, the workplace experience. And that causes doubt because are you, you know, the people that have those little conversations about, oh, your family, oh, and your daughter, and how is they? Like, I just feel they just go in there with those, those that small chatter, and I'm like, I don't care about your family or, or anybody. Like, you know, <laughs> what are we doing today? What's on the agenda? You know, and I just feel like some of that small talk is not even genuine. It's just like I said, posturing for to get brownie points, basically. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can't say that I have had that experience per se, um, because most of my career has been working for myself and then moving into a position of being a professor, which that comes with, like, a lot of freedom and flexibility. But then also, like, for me, because I led, like, an entire – um, program for the school, like I was in the leadership role, um, so I, it wasn't really like trying to validate that I was there. I think me being there was the validation within itself. So I can't really say that I had that experience per se. The only time I can think about having an experience like that is when I worked in a workplace directly after graduating um, with my master's, and that was in a workplace where people did not look like me. And that was just awkward because we know that that could be a little bit awkward sometimes. Um, so that was probably my only experience with, with that. I can't say that I have had that experience either. Um, I I will say, like, just, it just, I feel like it does go back to just, like, you know, what I was saying about, like, confidently walking in, you know, what it is that, you know you're doing and just kind of like knowing your value um yeah so yeah knowing your value and adding facts yes adding facts <laughs> so the next question is about you know why is charging your work difficult for women is it because we don't talk about money amongst each other or have a community that we can discuss money that's a good question. That is. That is good. <laughs> um, wow, that's a good question. I, wow, I, I do think it's because we really don't have a lot of conversations about money from the prospect of, like, how men kind of talk, talk about money. And when they go into positions, it's like they're not really afraid to, uh, like, ask for what they feel like they're worth. Um, but for a, a woman, it's kind of like, ooh, if I ask for this, like, will they give it to me? Like, am I being too, like, embellished about what I feel like I am qualified to receive? 
Um, but even in uh, like as running a business, I'm just I've been in business, y'all. In October, it'll be seven years, and I'm just really at the point for the second time in my business of raising my prices. <laughs> so it's like, dang, wait a second. It kind of goes back to the imposter syndrome thing where it's like, nah, like I got the degrees, I got the years of experience. Like, I got the qualifications, got the certifications. Like, what else do I need to prove to be like, oh, this service is worth $20,000, <laughs> period. Like, oh, and if you can't afford it, then that's okay. You got to go to Johnny down the street who's going to give it to you for honey. So I think, you know, really asking for what it is. And when you go online, and that's one of the things that I've been doing in my business, like going online and like, what's the average medium for a service like this? And when you look at the average medium and they're like, oh, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70K, it's like, wow, what I've been doing for the last seven years. Even though I've been, like, successful in business and that's been good, but it's like, wow, I could have been making more money <laughs> um, by offering these setting services. So I don't really know what it is about getting to that position where it's like, I'm worth this value, this dollar amount, and comfortably sitting in it and not feeling like, oh, if I quote this, what if they say no? Or, oh, if I quote this, is it too much, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually found in situations where I have quoted what I felt like was the value, people have said yes. So, dang, imagine if I would have lowered the price and I would have been mad at myself. Yeah. Um, so just ask because what I find in business is that business is about negotiation. So if they don't have this price point, then we can negotiate down, but you can't always negotiate up. Same thing with your salary. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, um, like I just started in business. I just started my business. Like it's only been a year. And so I feel you on that. Like I have been, I think starting out in business though, you, like I know for me, like I was a little nervous because I'm like, okay, I'm just starting out. And just, and that goes back to imposter syndrome. Like, okay, knowing that you you have these talents and these gifts and, like, you know that other people are going to want to pay for that. And so you have to kind of, like, set your mind to that and knowing, like, knowing your value and knowing exactly, okay, if I charge this amount, then even if they don't want to, you know, because I feel like sometimes we're, we're looking at it like, oh, if I charge this amount, then nobody's going to want to, you know, work with me and stuff like that, but, like, we can't even think about it like that. We have to know, like, okay, exactly what it is that we're going to charge, stick with that, and also, like you said, research, too, because that's what I've been doing, too, so just researching and everything like that so that you're not, like, all over the top with your prices or anything like that, but I've had people tell me, like, Court, you're undercharging yourself for yeah. this service, and that really clicked with me. Like, other people were saying this. They're like, no, we're not going to pay you that. We're going to pay you this because this is what Mm -hmm. And so it was like, okay, that was so eye-opening for me. And I'm like, okay, and why am I undercharging myself? Is it because I'm just trying to get clients? I'm trying to get business? And I don't think I'm going to get it because of, like, I'm not that good? Or, like, you know, what is it? And so I think, honestly, like, us as women, sometimes we kind of, we we struggle with that because maybe we're, like, a little subtle with it and, like, men are more aggressive with it. I don't know. Yeah, I just yeah. kind of like, yeah. I think for um, many women, it's, we have to take emotion out of it. And I think that's where we operate from is a place of 
Um, like we feel sorry for like everybody. Like, oh, maybe they can't afford it, so I'll just lower it and I'll give them a discount. And it's like men don't think like that. You can afford it or you can't. It's that's what it is, you know. And we're always like compromising. So I think it's like an inherent thing that we're just just made that way, and that doesn't make it a good thing. But I also say the younger set of people talk about money more openly, and I think some of that also stems for what our parents did with their money and if they talked about it. So if they didn't, you really you really don't have confidence around it. But if they did, then, and we're open about it, like this is how much mommy, like everybody knows when their mom gets paid now. I never knew when my mom got paid. I didn't know nothing about her money situation. And these kids <laughs> will tell their parents, like, I know you got paid yesterday. You didn't buy us, you know, we didn't go to Dollar Tree. I know you got paid. I'm like, how do you even know this? So I think it's just people, kids know more, um, and people are more open, and other generations, like, it was really taboo, and they just kept it to themselves. Like, it was like, none of your business how much I make or what I'm doing or what I did not buy you. So um, I just think it's a whole different, um, a different approach as far as disclosing, you know, the money. But people share their salaries now and as, as a tool of empowerment. When prior, people didn't share their salaries because they didn't want you to know if you were ahead or behind them as far as, um, you know, what you were making. So I think that that is also a problem. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of hit it, like, right on the head Um, as far as, you know, it being difficult to charge what you're worth uh, as far as emotion being in it. Um, one of the things that I know that I'm learning in this particular season is when it comes to business is to remove the emotion and think strategically. Like strategically, where is it that I want to be? And strategically, what's the reality of how I am going to get there? And I think something that really changed my perspective, like along with Courtney, is um, one of my friends, he works like um, for the city, like the city government. And he told me, like, oh, we were looking for a branding agency, particularly in Michigan. And he was like, you know, all the services that you were, that you offer for branding and marketing, he was like, we had a $30,000, like, project. And I was like, you had a $30,000 project? <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was like, and I was searching for a company. And I was like, that's crazy. I was like, so y'all are spending $30,000, you know, city government-wise for somebody to do branding. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was another moment where it's like, oh, okay, geez, you're out here tripping because people are spending $30,000 for branding. And as Courtney was talking about, like, oh, you're entering into this market and you're like, oh, how do I position myself? How do I position my prices? The research is a big part of it. But then also looking at, like, your years of experience, that also counts. That that means my price needs to go up. That looks that looks like my education and my degrees and certifications and credentials. Oh, that adds the tax too. And being okay with being like, oh, this service, like I said earlier, is a twenty thousand dollar service or a ten thousand dollar service. And what that also helps us to do as like especially for those of us who are in business is that it eliminates the people um who are not really our ideal client that we would want to work with anyway. So that helps you on the in the long run, even though it may seem in the beginning like, oh, I'm losing out on an opportunity to have client number X, because client X probably was going to be a headache anyway. <laughs> so you really want to get to your ideal client, you know, in that ideal market that you want to be in to really be able to perform top-notch, 
high quality services that have a premium price because you're worth it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Especially also with the whole emotion thing. When you said yeah. that, I was like, yeah, I definitely lead with my emotions too. Like when, um, like if someone like can't pay a certain amount or I know that they can't and I'm just like, okay, you know, maybe I will give them a little discount or something like that. But you have to really, like you said, Tisha, work strategically and take those emotions out because this is business. It's not like, you know, this is not a friendship. This is, it's not a relationship. It's a business. So, yeah. All right, y'all. Let's get into what's happening in these internet streets. So, recently, I Am Athlete and Joe Budden went through a very public business breakup that has spilled over into the medium. Parties have expressed not being valued and a lack of communication regarding money. So, are we going into business with friends? And is it possible to separate business and friendship? I feel like I just even, like, said something like that. <laughs> I think that so long as the paperwork is right and, you know, it's a marriage. A friendship and business is like a marriage. And if they, when assets, a lot of assets, big-time assets, and the potential to be a big-time business, um, you should be acting like that and you should have your paperwork in the right place because a lot of relationships do get ruined. A lot of friendships are compromised because things were not written out and it was more like a handshake. And people just, money changes people. And so people just act differently. Even in your own family, when somebody dies, like all bets are off, you know. So you have to really cover yourself. And, you know, if you really like that person, if you really are a friend, you should want to. You should want to have some kind of agreement to say that this, you know, this could get ugly and we should protect each other by having an agreement. So, and you cannot mess with people's money. That is the first thing for divorce, for breakups, for everything. It's just money. It's just that one thing. You can have a spat over religion and sex and politics, but when you mess with people's pockets, it's just it's just a totally different ballgame. So how would you say you would, you know, handle that, like handle those business breakups? I don't know. I think that um, I think you handle it like kind of like any other breakup. It's a type of rejection that you're going through, and you lick your wounds, but you also should be evaluating how you could have done better because you're going to have that. Um, type of scenario come up again. So you need to um, kind of like, you know, not write out, but at least document lessons learned so you don't repeat those mistakes. And and if they're business people, they should know. But it said um, also a lack of communication regarding money. So that means somebody was not, sounds like somebody was not being transparent about the the income, what's going in and what's coming out. And that is just a huge no-no. Yeah, I think Tracy hit it on the head as far as um, documenting what is going to happen as part of that business relationship and what each person is bringing to the table and what is going to go out to each individual and then what's also going to go back into the business. (laughs) Like those are the things that need to be written down. I have only like entered into friendship slash business situation one time, and it did not 
turn out well and literally had to kind of split that whole thing up and and go our own individual ways. Um, but I recently was presented with the opportunity to work with a friend and like as Tracy talked about, like those were the things like what percentage of what is going to be whose, like what are your skills that you're bringing to this table that we're going to be able to utilize or are my skills, right? Like who's going to do what, you know, like really divvying up the tasks where it's really crystal clear that nobody has to kind of second guess what's going to happen. But yeah, the first time I entered into business relationship with a friend, it did get really bad. But I don't know if it's a good thing, but I won the breakup. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's a good thing or not. Um, but I won the breakup, and I was able to, um, you know, maintain this entity and move it, you know, further in, in, into the future. So, yeah, it was interesting. No, I have not actually been been in business with any friends right now actually i just started i haven't been in business with any friends but i've collaborated with other friends so we when i do do collaborations and productions with friends i everything is literally written out and we know our roles and everything like that and we know how much each other is getting paid and everything and so we try our best to to separate that the business side in our friendship um and of course, like that's hard, but at the same time, you have to be mature about things, and also not like what we like what we said before, you know, not really leading with emotions and kind of like taking those emotions out of the whole the business in general. Like when it comes to leading up with um, in the business and everything like that. But I feel like it's not ideal to go into business with, with friends just because it could get really ugly. And just like what Tracy was saying, like, you know, even with family relationships, um, that can get ugly when a family passes away because I've seen that. I've experienced that. And you don't expect it, but it happens. You know, we're human. Every, people are people. And so when it comes to money, people do not like their money to be messed with. Yeah. Uh, so I... It is possible, um, but you just really have to have everything documented, everything. So I agree exactly with both of you. So. Like they already know, this is what will be the end of us. So let neither one of us do that. Cheating, that is probably the end. You know, like they already know what is going to be like the axe and the straw that broke the camel's back. And so maybe friends don't talk about those things. And um, which they should, because that's good communication. Yeah, documentation. <laughs> that's yeah. the key. That's the key. Yeah. You're having like, yeah, like crystal clear on what we're going to do. Like, yeah, I agree. And expectations too. Laying out the yeah, expectation. Oh, that's that's really good. Yeah, because <laughs> it's needed. I feel like people forget about that. You know, you mm-hmm. do that in relationships, and but you know, you forget about that when it comes to like business. And, like, laying out those expectations is so important and needed. Yeah. Um. So is oversharing business ideas or dreams a clue that you are looking for validation? Um. And how do you determine who and when you should share with and if at all? Mm-hmm. So I think oversharing depends on how much detail you get into. Um. I don't think it's always 
a clue that you're looking for validation. I think it's different. It depends on what you share. Um, but if you're like running something by someone like constantly about different aspects, then I would say you were looking for validation. But I am not a sharer. I don't share like my what I'm working on in my personal like books and things that I want to do. I try to make it ha make it happen as much as I can and get to a certain level before I share it because I don't want anybody to say, oh, how's that going to work? Oh, that doesn't is, is that like, I don't need any of that. I don't want any negativity, especially in the infancy stages of, you know, of an idea. You really need to work with that. You really need to test it out. You really should um, try to move forward with your idea as much as you can, you know. And then um, if you want to share, then you should get with other business-minded people who have also had some some ideas your family may think is crazy and they don't know how that's going to work out. Get with people who already did crazy things because they will help validate your idea and, and push you to think about aspects you may not have thought of in a creative way, in a way that's constructive, in a way that doesn't, like, kill your dream and, like, crush your soul. So I think that there's, there's a difference in who you tell, um, just making sure they're the right people and not people that could be predisposed to jealousy or tearing you down, you know, and not really understanding how business, and never started a business in their entire life, you know, <laughs> there are those yeah. people too. That I have experienced, um, and so I definitely understand that. I have, like, when I would share, like, business ideas or even business ideas and dreams, literally, like, I... I get excited. The smallest things excite me. Like, I'm excited when I have an idea. I'm excited. I'm excited to tell people, talk about it. Like, especially, you know, like my closest friends and stuff like that. But sometimes I do, I overshare too much because of the excitement that I feel. Anybody knows me, I am like, I, I get hyped really easily. And so when I have an idea, when I have something that, like, I know, like, I'm going to push forward to do, I'm, like, telling people. And so it's not even out of validation. It's just, like, my excitement. But I have experienced, like, just like what um, Tracy said, I've experienced people who really try to just talk me out of my ideas. And literally some of my ideas, some of the things that I wanted to do, I didn't do because I was talked out of it. People who I thought were, you know, close to me, who I thought were on my team, who were, on, who were you know, had my best interests at heart, they they didn't. They were envious. They were jealous. They didn't they didn't want me to go through my ideas because they knew that they were good ideas. So it taught me to stop oversharing. Like it taught me like I I have to I have to reel it in, you know, and just do what I know that I'm already set out, you know, to do those dreams, those things that are on my heart and my mind to do. Like I need to just do it without. Be excited, but, like, be excited inside with myself. And then, like, and then, then there's a moment in time where, yes, you can, you know, share, but, like, but put it out there first. You know, get get started. Execute the plan and everything like that first um, because, like I said, like, I've experienced where people really, really tried to, like, bring me down because they didn't want to see me win. So. Yeah. 
the one thing I agree with that that Tracy said would be um, sharing your business ideas with like-minded people who are also in business because it's a different level of conversation um, that you'll have with people who are in business, who are successful in their business, and they can give you ideas and they can help you to move to this point or if you have, you know, thoughts about X, they can help you to get to, you know, whatever that point is. But for me, my business ideas, the only person I share my ideas with is my mama, period. Um, I think I learned that uh, early on is I don't talk to my family about, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z until after I make that decision. Like, I go through my decision-making process with my mama and my best friend, too. Like, I'll be like, this is my idea. This is the thing that I want to do. And then I go and I execute that thing. And then everybody else, they find out afterwards. <laughs> um, because I learned um early on is that people will put their predispositions on to you about what they think about something that that they have actually have never done um so it's really this idea about what you think would work or would be successful um or wouldn't work so like we're just talking and then you kind of downplay what is the reality like Courtney said um of the idea and the excitement and it kind of kills your dreams like oh we don't do dream killers over here um so everything i put into you know everything that i feel like is in my heart for me to do i do my best to follow what that is and i believe that it's like god speaking to us about what we should be doing what we're placing this earth to do all of us have purpose that we have to fulfill while we're here. Um, I made a post earlier today that said I, I produce good things all the time because that's just who I am. Like my life is a testament to producing good things. So when I look at my business, when I look at, you know, my nonprofit, when I look at books that I've written or co-author and all these things, those ideas have been shared with my mama. My mama, my biggest cheerleader, she'd be like, go, go and do it. And then once my book is published or my thing is done, then I share with everybody else. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way that it is. Like, that's the way that it is because ain't nobody gonna tell me that I can't do something that I feel like is in my heart for me to do. And if you are not on my cheerleading squad and team, then you can know about it once it's done. And then yeah, we can talk about whatever you think that we need to talk about at that point. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's like that's dead and dead and gone now. Yeah. Because why do people always bring up something like you tell them, oh, I'm gonna do such and such, and they'd be like, didn't someone, didn't your cousin do that? Um, didn't work out too good. Do you want to do that too? And it's like, ain't nobody asked you right. about who did it. <laughs> and first of all, they're not me. You know, that's the real thing. They they might have tried and it didn't work out, but they're not me. And, you know, why are you even bringing that up? Like just, you know, mm -hmm. just the people in your life, family, extended family, reminding you of other people's failures is has nothing to do with you. You said it ain't got nothing to do with you. Yeah, something <laughs> that, you know, they just reach for. Like that it's just automatically negative, you know, and, and yeah. you do have to be careful. And I, my mama, too, that's who I share things with, uh, Keisha K. Mm -hmm. first of all. And sometimes not even her, just because, you know, if people haven't done things, and they haven't always been successful at things, they don't know how to tell you what to do, how to do, when to do, 
who to talk to. And so sometimes it's not even worth it. It's just a waste of your time. Tell them after it's done, look what I made, look what I made. Y'all see that on TikTok. I made that. Look, 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 I made that. So, you know, you just you have to move forward, like Keisha says, and, and just do it. And then show them, like, oh, look, this, I did this. Look what I did. Again, part of it is, like, guarding the yeah. the gift, the idea, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, like you really do have to protect that thing, y'all. Absolutely. Because like we just say all collectively that people will try to kill your dreams. And you mm-hmm. have to protect it just like you would protect a child. Mm-hmm. Um, like what whatever you're producing, like it's that important that like, you have to cover that thing um before you you let it out to the world because sometimes we can let things out into the world prematurely Mm -hmm. right like we have to know when is the right time to share when is the right time to release it like we just have to know when it's the right time and i think that really takes a level of discernment because sometimes we know that we shouldn't share something with people and we get that feeling but then we just like oh well let me just just right. yeah. say, you know, and yeah. then we almost end up hurting ourselves. Right. So, you know, just letting that thing bake in the oven, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, until it's time for it to shared and released and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about it like we like we say, talk about it later. When you said like garden it, garden it, it reminded me of like, okay, like you know how you guard your heart and like how mm-hmm. God wants you to guard in your, your heart. Eyes. It's yeah. like yeah, in your eyes. It's mm-hmm. like whatever is precious to you. That idea yeah. that 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 thing that's precious to you. So guard it, like, mm-hmm. literally. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree. That reminded me, like, you know, of course, that's what, you know, God says about our hearts. So why wouldn't we do it with the ideas that he places in our hearts? Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating five stars of course only five stars here and uh seated with strangers is a full experience podcast so check out the show notes for more ways to engage with myself courtney keisha k and our wonderful host siobhan mitchell and um we will 